And welcome back to New Republic's Digital Growth Hacking Podcast. You might have noticed last month we didn't actually have a podcast. Well, someone went away to have a baby, namely myself. I didn't have it, my wife did. And so I took a month off, reflected, and came back strong with our guest, James from P&O. James, say hi. Hi. <laughs> Great to be here. So if you, me and James work together. Uh, we have it for nearly 12 months, right? Um, yeah. You know, everything that everyone's been through and all the cruises were stopped. And, you know, James's world went through a, a cruise of its own. And I was really excited about this conversation because, you know, James and I have had a long relationship and we've gone through a, a number of different kind of 10 years around how we've built the program and then COVID hit. And I thought, what a great time to sit back down and just have a bit of a conversation around everything experimentation what the new world looks like for you, what a role experimentation plays. So really appreciate you uh, joining us and, um, you know, opening up about all this stuff. Pleasure. Great to be here. Like I said, always a pleasure to talk to you, Neymar. Thanks, buddy. So, <laughs> hey, so I think just for the audience, they probably don't, you know, I keep saying James, but they don't know anything about you. Like, who are you? What's your background? How did you get here? What, what misfortunes had to happen for you to end up in front of me talking on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like you said, I work for Pinot Cruises Australia. I think everyone, whether you've been on a cruise or not, knows knows the brand. Yep. Um, so that that makes it quite a quite a good challenge to work work in that business. You know, myself, yeah. I, I guess the simplest way to talk about it is I I look after the digital team and, and we kind of manage uh, the consumer sites, consumer websites for for Pinot Australia. So yeah, that's kind of what I do. I guess how I got here, I kind of don't know how the best way to answer that i i never really studied anything digital i kind of thought that i wanted to get into marketing or, or something like that and then found my way yeah working in different digital applications and and then basically started moving my way up and um looking after websites and then yeah looking after the digital team so yeah i guess that's the simplest way you're like, you're like the god of digital at pno right is that a well yeah, I, I, you know, I don't want to oversell it, <laughs> but yeah, no, 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 I'm not definitely not the god. I'm, uh, I'm more Jimmy of a. God. You're more of a demigod. <laughs> very humble, very humble guy. <laughs> Apostle, maybe. Apostle might be better. We both, we both know that I think I'm a peacock, so <laughs> no problems calling myself a god or a demigod. If you watch 300, I kind of look like Xerxes. Anyway. Um, <laughs> You know what I thought, you know where I thought we should start this, James? I think mean, the COVID thing is kind of a, of course, we're going to talk about it at one point, but mm. I thought, I thought what would be interesting is out of everyone I've had on the program, you were one of the only ones you, you had an experimentation program, you stopped the experimentation program and then restarted that program. I remember when I, and most, most listeners wouldn't know this, but like when I first walked in to present experimentation, I was presented to the team and then James walked in and sat in the corner and he's quite a tall guy. So he had this long like crossed legs and he's like looking at me. I'm like, this guy fucking hates me. There's no way we can do this. <laughs> and I was like, I was so scared. And then like, you turned around and you're like, that was a good present. I was like, okay, I totally read that wrong. I mean, like in your mind, when, when we talked, when we, when I first presented, I was like, he's totally not into this and he's totally off experimentation. Cause I, I already knew like you did it, didn't work. Like, He's just another guy peddling this idea that you've already done and didn't work, right? 
So I'm really curious around, you know, what happened the first time and then, and then what, what got you to change your mind to giving it a go? Cause there's probably people out there who've done it and they're like, listen, I'm willing to listen, but I, I, it doesn't work. This stuff doesn't work. So I'd love to know, like, what was it that flicked the switch on for you again? Yeah, uh, it's a really, really interesting question. I think and there's, there's, unfortunately, there's probably not just one answer to it. But you're right, it, it's, it has been an interesting process. I think going back to when we first started the program, what, like we, to give a bit of context around it, we had just relaunched but rebuilt really our website from the ground up. I mean, new platform, new design, like everything. Award-winning too, right? You won heaps of awards. Uh, we did. We did win an award. Yeah, we won two awards. Um, that was for some of our later work, but yeah, yeah. for that for that website. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we'd done all this work, and we were partnering with a digital agency. And you know, back then is about 2015. You know, this is in the age of agencies where we do one thing really well, but we also do everything else, and we can help oh, you yeah, do yeah. everything else. Oh, I do that. So, oh, you're yeah. an expert. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do that. I'm an expert. I'm an expert. Yeah. So don't get me wrong; they were really good with with the stuff they did. And obviously, like you said, we're award winning with our design and things like that. But yeah, we we kind of threw in the CRO stuff because um, you know that's kind of what <laughs> at the time everyone was doing. So we should do it too. Yeah. But I think as well, like I said, because we just launched really like like from the ground up, we were still in this kind of phase of bug fixing, pushing other features that didn't make the MVP, um, pushing those live. And just our focus really wasn't around CRO. And we had other things that we were doing as like we had other web applications, I should say, that we were that we had that we're looking to move to this platform. So we're kind of in this halfway house of not really committing to wanting to change so much there as wanting to move it. And yeah, we just weren't in a great spot there to kind of really give the program what it needed yeah. which is focus and and i guess a real a real emphasis to what we wanted to do and so yeah I, it's not about oh you know the partner we had at the time because no no, it, no it's no. on us as well like i said because we just weren't set up um or in that mindset to really to really give it its best potential really so i want to i want to probe into that before you move on right there's two points to this right there was the partner side and then there was your side right client side one of the thoughts I've always had is if a partner walks in and, and like loses, 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 or says, oh, you can do this, but you can't. And because sometimes, you know, when partners walk in, there are technical constraints that they didn't know. And then once you start, they do find that out, right? Like how much, how much of your decision-making had to do with how you said something, but you couldn't? Yeah, I think. In all honesty, because... I am going to probe into like what, what for you makes a good partner. Cause I want to understand what yeah. makes a bad partner. Cause there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of clients. There's a lot of companies out there, a lot of prospective clients, a lot of companies who are thinking of this stuff and they're going to go to partners. So like, yeah. And, and yes, I've got a podcast and Hey, by the way, if you do want to call, you can call nine, three, eight, but there's a lot of people out there. Right. So like, how do you help them navigate? And there's some really good companies out there and there's some companies who are new to this. They're just yep. not great at it just yet. Mm. How? What would be your advice? Because you went through that start, stop, start again. Yeah. What, what would be your advice around finding that right partner? Why, why was it that that partner wasn't the right one to continue? Was it just you, or was there a little bit about them as well? Oh, I'm like I said. I think it's it's definitely definitely a bit on both sides. I think, like I said at the time, with the nature of agencies, the focus wasn't there. So I'd say, you know, for people listening, when you're looking at a partner, it doesn't matter what you're looking at, CRO 
life partner or whatever. You want somebody that, you know, is going to focus on the thing you need. And the thing you need here is CRO. And so I think with with that, that's probably the first step, I'd say, is that partner the one that is going to, you know, focus on that goal if that's what you want to do. Um, I think the other thing too is that, like I said, we our focus ourselves was also not there as well. We were still, like I said, in that kind of zone of fixing and putting forward other stuff that that we'd originally wanted to do, which didn't go live with the initial launch. So the phase two. Yeah, exactly. So so we were kind of like, oh yeah, we want to do this, but don't touch this, and you know, yeah, or, yeah, um, yeah. you know, they might come with all these other ideas, and we're like, oh yeah, but oh, we've already kind of thought of that, or you know, whatever it was. So, like I said, we just weren't like jelly i guess on the same page to to really give that program the best the best chance of succeeding so i guess when you talk about good partners as well i think that's the other part is is are they on the same page as what you want to do and like you mentioned (laughs) that first meeting i didn't realize it came across like that but i think is part of that meeting was you know just understanding or realizing that what you were presenting there was it was aligning with what we wanted to do. You know what I mean? And, and that common understanding of not only our website, but of, of the industry and, and things like that. And what we kind of, what our hurdles were and how we wanted to try and achieve those. So I think those are the two main things, which is quite broad. I understand that there's not really a, a specific answer there, but I think understanding those two things would give you the best chance of succeeding with, with the right partner. I think that's really interesting. Something you just said there about how um, you've, you know, you said oh, we wanted to do all these other stuff. There is a little bit around, you know, to find the right partner, you need to understand, are they, because I, I, I think part of the, the partner's job, because experimentation is relatively new, or it was back then, Yeah. part of the partner's job is to educate you around what's possible. So I think yeah. sometimes they get focused so much, and, and for anyone who's looking is look, I think look for a partner that in my opinion is challenging the status quo and getting you to think about the problem in a different way, because you've got all these things to implement. How can they contribute to that process? How can they find efficiencies in making sure you implement the things that are going to work rather than not going to work and so forth. So I think, I think that's interesting. And what you're saying is that your focus was on, I want to do all this stuff and yeah, you can touch this, but don't touch this stuff. But there is that kind of sense of, well, how can I challenge your way of thinking and being open to it, uh, that might get you to go, oh, okay, I see what you're saying and maybe I can trial what I'm doing and use this as a method of validating what I'm doing is right or wrong. Yeah, no, exactly right. And I think um, we often talk about, oh, you know, in, in CRO program, I know one of the biggest hurdles there is, is, you know, taking a, an experiment, whether it's, um, you know, a winning experiment and putting it live. And so that, that as well, like I said, like at that time, we just weren't set up that well to kind of really facilitate that either yeah yeah um so understanding that and then trying to work in those constraints as well (laughs) um can yeah just ultimately you you set up to fail really aren't you yeah that's interesting so so i think what what you're around you know in that starting stopping and restarting a lot of it was around were you ready to take on a partner and listen to them and actually do it so a lot of people should be asking around where am i in my life cycle and was it for you when you restarted that you reached the plateau of everything you could do with the site and you were looking for that next Everest? <laughs> in a way, I think, I think, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think um, in some respects, I think everyone will say, oh, you know, 
anyone that, that works in this field as well would say, you know, I'm never finished updating my site or yeah, totally. you know, changing it. But you're right. We, like you said, we, we had won awards recently. So we'd just gone through this massive process a couple of years after we, we uh, rebuilt the site. We went through in a phased approach and looked at um, three main areas of the site and we, we updated those in a kind of really massive year-long progression. And so we kind of did this. And like you said, it was really successful, great things. But then it was like, okay, now what? So how do we do this? Are we just going to do a massive rebrand every couple of, um, every, you know, six to 12 months? Realistically, the business isn't going to want to keep doing that. So you're right. We kind of hit this, I guess, plateau of, okay, how do we just keep moving the needle? How do we keep um, ensuring that we are providing the best customer experience, but also, you know, making sure we're in line with industry trends here. And I think, and for me, actually, as well, like I, I like the idea of keeping up with industry trends, but I love the idea of setting industry trends. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. So how can we do that? And CRO ticks those boxes, right? As much as anything, obviously, there's more to that than anything. But we, we were in that right life cycle that we were able to then go, okay, this is the way we're going to tackle those things. We're open to it. Like you said, you know, we're open to listening to someone else. We don't have all the answers. It's all that type of thing that really we you kind of have to go into it with that's right we're just kind of in that mindset and frame that this was the time that we can go in there and go okay we know the main areas of site we know what's working can it work better are there other things that would would help or are there other areas of the site we need to improve as well so yeah i mean my next question really kind of feeds off this and i think mm. you kind of answered part of it but you've been running a successful program for the last two years it's you know, I know the executive level team and really bought into it and they've yep. been watching it and so forth. And so I, I guess in your opinion, what's, because I know when you took, and most people don't know this, but Mike's boss signed off, then, sorry, sorry, James's <laughs> boss, Mike, he signed off and then he quit and he left. And then James <laughs> was like, hey, deliver this. And James is like, what the fuck is going on? So that was like a funny moment, but it like, you've, you've been really successful in executing this and rolling it out. So like, in your opinion, when you got handed this, did you already preconceive like this is what how to make it successful? Or was like, like how did you figure it out as you went? <laughs> well, a lot of it was yeah, figuring it out as we went. I think, like you said, having gone through that initial uh, start stop of the program, which I'm not saying that everyone should go through at all, but um, going through that kind of went okay. What what do the things we need to kind of focus on to to give this the best chance? And so. I think you're right. Number one was really just ensuring that the team, like we were all aligned that this is going to be a big thing. And I think, as, as you said, when I took on a larger role within the team, then with, with Mike's departure, it was, okay, this is the thing that we are going to focus on for the next 12 months. We're going to have other things that come through, other projects, don't get me wrong, but the, as a business, always on, this is the thing we're going to really delve into and it goes beyond just running experiments like you said not only is the buying from the executive team but one of the big things that we've spoken about constantly is getting buying from the business right and it's it's not just you know for the digital team to kind of go and go oh these are experiments i think we should run it's it's going out to the business because we know there's like the website has many stakeholders. It doesn't matter which company you work for, right? It, it's obviously got marketing um, stakeholders. It's got customer service stakeholders. You've got your product team stakeholders, you know, the guys that are actually delivering the thing you're selling. So it's got all these stakeholders and they obviously are really focused on the thing they've got. But then every now and then they got that touch point back to us. And, and that, that affects them 
positively or negatively. So they've obviously got views and opinions and even, you know, anecdotal feedback as well. And they're probably just sitting on it a lot of the time, you know, or, or unsure of how to bring this up. And I think CRO allowed that to be a really big thing. And I think that really helped the success of the program as well, because people then saw it as, you know, this is us feeding back and solving the problem. And uh, I know you talk about this all the time. It's, you know, don't tell me what's wrong. Come to me with like the solution. Idea, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Or, you know, a hypothesis. So, and I think that's a really good way to look at it because, you know, as a digital team, you can get quite jaded with, oh, you know, this is wrong. That's wrong. That doesn't work. This doesn't work. And which it could be completely true, right? Yeah. And, but you kind of sit there going, oh, okay, you know, yeah. yes, but I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z. At least this way, it kind of goes, uh, you know, puts it back a little bit to say, you know, you're right. How would you fix this? Or, or what do you see the way? To... Can I share? Yeah, that of course. Bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got so James is kind of dancing around the edges, but I want to get to the point. <laughs> the thing that I I think made the program so successful was that James organized like a pizza day. He realized if he gives people free food, they turn up to an event. <laughs> And, and what I loved was you democratized experimentation. And I think one of the problems I, I have with a lot of these programs is ideas are still centralized. People run a centralized program. They come up with those ideas. And I, I agree. I think experimentation teams or digital teams, they become somewhat insular in what the possible solutions are. And sometimes the best ideas come from the call center team. They're talking to customers who are on the website. What you did around setting up that, that pizza day and, and we always got a massive turnout. Every time we did it, we got a big turnout. And I think that democratization, let's come up with ideas from everyone and then share the learnings off the back of that. I think that was, for me, I think that's probably one of the reasons the program over the last two years has become so successful is that everyone's aware of it. Everyone feels like they've given input. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I've got to give a shout out to friend of the show, Jess. Um, she's actually the one that gave me that idea around the pizza learning stuff. So um, I can't claim all the credit for that. <laughs> Jess is fantastic. I love that girl. Um, so listen, let's um, let's talk about the the hairy elephant on the table. <laughs> yeah. Hairy because it's November. So you're in a category, dude. That you guys got, you guys probably got hit the hardest out of everyone. Like retail, restaurants, not taking away from anybody else, but you guys got hit pretty hard. I mean, no one else's industries was put up in the in the limelight the way yours was. I, I, I'd love to know, like, how was it on the inside? you know what were some of the learnings and then i'd love to progress into like as you're coming out of it and i think we're coming out of it slowly now how do you what do you think the role of experimentation is in an industry in a business like that does does it change from everybody else's is it a different way of thinking or is it pretty much the same yeah yeah no you're right it, it's been a been an interesting year and an interesting ride i would say i think look you can't you can't get around the fact that our industry, even the broader industry travel, but even cruise, obviously, as a as a smaller part of that, is has been hugely affected by the outbreak of COVID nineteen. And yeah, you look, it's it's really interesting being on the inside. I got to say, it's it's um it's been quite positive actually. I think you know working with people and kind of you know everyone we're in this together type of mentality has been been really interesting. And um, you know we've obviously faced challenges and you know had to had to make changes, but but it's been really quite a positive experience <laughs> in a weird way as well, kind of working with people in this kind of backs against the wall type of scenario. For me, I think some of the two main learnings I've kind of got going through this, they're going to be quite philosophical, but honestly, I, I think they kind of 
delve back into what we're talking about with the from a CRO point of view. But I definitely think the first one is that change is really hard. You know, you see people post on social media or LinkedIn or whatever. It's like, you know, embrace change and do this. Yeah. But then when change happens at such a large scale like this, yeah, all we want to do is go back to the way it was. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't matter how, how often but we it, talk about it. But it wasn't even change, James. It was like, cha- like the, the ground kept shifting so oh, dynamically. Like, yeah. it was like constant. No, exactly. But yeah, but even with that, there's yeah. uh, we, we're definitely going to have some of these changes. And look, obviously, I'm speaking from a, a cruise point of view, but I'm sure in the larger world as well, we're going to have changes here that are going to stay with us years. I don't know, maybe even decades. I don't know. But but you're right. How quickly everything changed obviously caught everyone out of whack. But I think even so, like moving on now, like I think embracing some of that change. Like of course, there's negative change as well. Don't get me wrong. Not being able to travel and see family and, and things like that. But as well, I think there's the the flip side to it is is what, like what does that give us, right? You know, um, like I know when we went into the lockdown here in Sydney, we, you know, we were calling family and friends, and like we wouldn't do that normally. You know, I know we would see them, but when you see people in group settings, you only talk to them for you know ten minutes or whatever it is. Whereas we're having hour long conversations all of a sudden. So, you know, why does that need to change? So I think that's an interesting one when you put that in the CRO landscape. Things are changing, so what's the best way to understand that change It's by experimenting. Right. And it's by putting yourself out there and, you know, being a bit vulnerable really. And um, trying to, you know, really understand what is the consumer mindset there. So I think that's, that's been kind of the really big learning for me um, is to really try and embrace change and then how that affects our CRO program going forward. I think, look, it's, it's not going to be, the program that it was, you know, I think when we were talking before all this happened, we were talking about, you know, plans for the next 12 months, you know, and not to say we won't look to do some of that stuff, but I definitely think our focus now is is changing so, so much because like I said, we're living in a different world and people have different expectations now and, and different ways of living and working that we need to obviously ensure that we are, um, you know, providing to them from that point of view. So, and then on top of all of that, you know, the way we travel, the way we cruise, that's going to change as well. So we need to ensure that we are, we're doing everything we can before you even step foot on that cruise or you know, even before, yeah, exactly. Before you go, go on holiday, that we're giving you everything you need to have a safe and enjoyable holiday because we all need one after 2020. So I think that's, that's the kind of way I kind of see our CRO program going forward as well. We're just going to, it's going to be a lot of learning up front. Yeah, right. And, and do you do you see that, I mean, the impact of COVID is a real mindset, uh, like a mm. mind change, you know, the way someone thinks about, you know, like if I'm going to cruise, where do I want to cruise and da, da, da. Do you see that the cruising industry will start to compete around some of those safety around health and so like how they, what do you see that as being a standardized experience? Like, do you think there's a, like this is standard experience you must deliver? Like, it's such a, the reason yeah. why I'm saying this is it's such a unique problem because some of these problems are standard, like everyone yep. should be doing. Some of these become customized to how you do it, deliver that experience in your way. And I'm just wondering, like, it, do you see this shift in the way you sell a cruise? And are you guys ready for that shift? Like, have you thought through, like, what does this actually mean? Yeah, look, you're 100% right. I think we... We now are spending a lot of time internally really working through what what is the best way for us to deliver a, a cruise holiday. And that does and that goes beyond 
um, everything else. It just it goes beyond even all the protocols and things. Like what what do our guests want and expect us to deliver on board? And that filters through as well. Like you said, like do our guests now like from a guest point of view, I'd be expecting is their expectation now that we are talking about health and safety all the time when I'm, you know, researching a cruise. Like, what are those things I want to know? I don't know the answer. I don't have a crystal ball, but I perceive that to be a long-term thing. I, I think the way we view the world and the way we view holidays has changed dramatically. And, yeah, I think it's going to become a really big part of how we how we look and book travel. And I think I, I can't see that changing in the short term, at least. Well, I mean, and, and I mean this respectfully, you know, like <laughs> the airline industry changed after September 11th, the yes. securities, the protocols, and we adapted. Um, I think the cruising industry is going to change and, and like anything, we'll, we'll adapt and we understand why these things are important. What I think is really interesting is, is the, the, the journey you're about to get onto is the evolving customer mindset where, you know, hygiene and, and safety in that way is really important. And then in, in a year to two years time, how is how's that going to evolve? And it's you guys are in a kind of an unfair position because you'll have to constantly evolve uh, in a very short period of time. Whereas other industries, it's like okay, the government said it's safe, turn it on, let's go. Whereas you're going to change your product, you're going to change your propositions, you're going to change the way you talk. It's a it's a it's a very dynamic category you're in. It's exciting if you're in the right mindset. It's a very <laughs> heavily dynamic industry you're living in. To be honest with you, it's quite easy for us to talk like when I say us, you know, from, from my side of things, you know, um, I think it's once you get on board, you know, with our customer service staff, with our, with the people actually delivering our product, you know, that's, that's where it really comes into light. Cause you know, we can do and say everything we like, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's in the doing that comes in, you know, you're right. Like in 12 months time, yeah, we'll be living in, in, an, in a different world again, but if we get those things right, that starts to filter through, you know what I mean? So that type of thing is going to be really important. So yeah, it really starts with on board. And then from that, we then obviously overlay that into what we do from a, before you even, you know, consider cruising. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah, like you said, there's going to be lots to work through. I think once we do get started again, that's going to be one of the big things that we, we really look to do as well as, you know, kind of a, change that and make sure we're delivering it in the right right way and you know we're we're putting the customers um needs and um health at the forefront of what we do and i think that's the most important thing so so here's a curveball question i didn't have this in the set that i sent you right yeah okay let's say 2021 your experimentation programs launched what's the first test you're going to do oh good one huh it is a good one yeah I, you know what? I think it's kind of what we're talking about. I think the first test we'd, I'd like to run is understand what's the right messaging we need to give people. I mean, I think we've spoken about this quite a lot, but I mean, obviously for everyone else, we haven't spoken about it. So, but basically understand what is, what's the messaging we, we need to get out there. Obviously there's like we spoke about health and safety messaging, but it's obviously understanding maybe a bit understanding about your flexibility on booking, you know, do I want to book something and, what happens if I do end up getting sick? Obviously, we don't want you on board and what implications that has. So, so obviously, that's a bit to work out outside of the web space. But obviously, once we've got all those messages, understand where do we put them? Because, you know, no one wants to read, a, <laughs> you know, a two-page PDF. You arrive on, on the website on, and there's this clause. <laughs> like, 
thousand word document that you have to read. Okay, now exactly. you can enter the website. Yeah, or six like pop ups as you kind of yeah, go scrolling it's like through. Those going, cookies, accept our cookies. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, got it. Exactly. So I think um, for me, that's probably the first thing. But um, but I think as well as as we've discussed as well as maybe even diving into before we do an experiment, diving into understanding a bit more about kind of the um, the mindset of the customer. You know, what things are they looking at? How have they changed? the way they they um, navigate through the site. I think there's there's heaps to unpack in there. So, yeah, I think the short answer is, yeah, messaging. The long answer is, yeah, understanding the, the consumer. Customer journey. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm really curious about the new customer journey. Do you start with like the old days, the picture <laughs> of the holiday and then go into the experience and then the, the price? Yeah. Or do you start with the health and safety and then see the holiday? Like, I wonder where, you know, people are really interested in these topics. Where do you start that journey is what I'm really interested in, in testing is like, we're still, cause I, in my head, right. I've been stuck indoors for so long that like, I just, I see pictures of Europe and I'm like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And so like, I'm not thinking of the clean safe. I'm just thinking of my old. And so do you start there or do you start yeah. with, Hey, this is what we've done to, make your next experience a safe experience and an enjoyable experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I look, I think you, you're hundred percent right. I think we're going to start needing to look at for people, they, they, they're going to come here looking for different things. And as, as I mentioned before, you know, people want to go back to, to what was, like you said, you know, <laughs> I wanted to go back to what was and for people, uh, for some people out there going back to what was is going on a cruise holiday. Um, so for them, that's what they want to do. Cause that's what is, that reminds them of before 2020, basically. Cause you've got a massive pool of like oh. diehards, right? Cause when cruising opened, there was a spike in sales, right? That was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was in the U S but there yeah. was a, there's a crew of diehard cruisers, right? Oh yeah. No, most definitely. Most definitely. And look, even, even beyond our, our brand, but yeah, like, People um, who enjoy cruise holidays love cruise holidays and they love talking about them and, um, and yeah, obviously love going on them. So for them, they, they're very keen to get back into, into cruising. So, but it's right. Like it's understanding where in that journey we, we kind of put that messaging in because that doesn't mean that they don't care about health and safety. They do, but it's, it's almost like you said, but what drew them to coming to the site is the holiday. So that's the first party. It's, and it's then, their norm. It's what they, they know. Yeah. They're normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's then, you know, taking them through that journey and then ensuring they've got all the right information to obviously, you know, at the end of the day, make that booking. So, yeah, I think there's, there's all elements in there and it's going to be really, like you said, really interesting to unpack. And I think it's exciting time, <laughs> if you can say that. Super, super interesting. So, um, Lizette, last question. Yeah. Let's break it up there. You're a busy guy. I don't want to take too much of your time. <laughs> what if you could give any advice, you know, like we began this with starts, you know, you started, you stop, you start again. What do you think is vital to success to run this type of program? And, and knowing in the world you're living in, we're all living in the same space. Yours is going to be a little bit different to everyone else's. You know, what are you carrying forward with, you know, for us to succeed, we must we must be open. I think um, open and vulnerable. I know we they're kind of like buzzwords at the moment, but they but honestly, I think I think they really do apply here. I think for me, um, the big one, and I said this to you when we first started all those years ago. Now is that I needed to be able to let go of the 
I own this or I do this. You know what I mean? And letting go of, you know, no, I've made the right decision because I don't know, you know, <laughs> I think I have. The data might tell me one thing, but I think it's just been open to, well, yeah, you've done something and that might be good, but you don't know what's better. And so being open and, you know, being allowed to sit down and, and you know, when we first sat down and <laughs> you just ripped through the website, you, you know, it takes a bit of humility. And I think being able to be open and vulnerable like that then sets you up for success. Honestly, I, I really believe that. So I think, and you don't just get there overnight. It's not like you wake up tomorrow and go, I'm ready to do CRO because I'm open. But you kind of just have to let go of it a little bit. And yeah, like I said, and as we mentioned before, realize that it's bigger than one person or one team, you know, and allow yourself to really, really go on that journey of understanding because that's really what it is. You're just understanding what works, what doesn't and why. Yeah. I think uh, you definitely do a good job in um, in uh, being open to feedback because I think sometimes my feedback's a little blunt and you're so gracious about it. And you're like, oh, that's good feedback. God, I hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I never that's, say that. <laughs> that's all the time we have. I, I, I got to say, man, I know uh, some of the questions I was asking is uncomfortable. I really appreciate you taking the time and I really appreciate how open and honest you've been. No, it's difficult and thank you basically is what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> pleasure, pleasure. Yeah, seriously nice having you on and it's good seeing you again. So just to wrap it up, you're listening to the Digital Growth Hacking Podcast with, at New Republic. Uh, my name's Nima, one of the founders here along with my co-founder Stacey who can't join us today. You've been listening to James. I think you'll agree with me. It's probably one of the most interesting podcasts we've had so far. So James, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, look out for the podcast coming soon. And again, as always, if you have any comments or ideas or thoughts, there'll be a link in the, uh, in the comment section of the podcast. Just drop us an email and we will make sure that we bring it into the next one. Thanks for joining. Mm-hmm.